Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. I want to talk about hope, and there's a favorite scripture of mine because it's 1 Corinthians 13, 13. It's probably not in the set there, Nate, so you'll have to look it up. But it's one of the ones that God gave me along with the text that I have today. But um, whenever we move to uh, the Word of God, it's kind of interesting that there are some scriptures that are my favorite and some that are not. And I, as a pastor, I have to let you know that I have to make sure that I don't just hang out at the favorite spots in the Word of God. You know what I'm saying? Because I can't give you good teaching and good rounded uh, health, spiritual health, by just feeding you all the stuff that I, you know, it's like eating candy all the time. You just can't do it. So um, this is one of my favorite verses, and I just want to hit this verse for a little while with you today. And now abideth faith, hope. Let's read it together. You ready? Start. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Charity is a word that means love. So it says, now abideth faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these three is love. How many know love is powerful? That's why you got to be careful what you fall in love with. Amen? You got to be careful what your heart gets an affinity for. Because if you fall in love with some stuff, and it's not the things that you're supposed to be loving, it could really damage your life. Amen? So love is very powerful, and it's, it's even more powerful than prophecy the Scripture talks about. It's even more powerful than tongues, and speaking with tongues. And that's a powerful thing, amen? Tongues is what gives us faith, builds us up in our most holy faith, the Bible says. And that's what gives us an opportunity whenever we don't know what to pray, to pray. But when that ends, when we go to heaven and tongues is done, there's still going to be love there, amen? So love is more powerful than even speaking with tongues. So be careful what you fall in love with with. Amen? That's why you have to go to the Word of God and find out behavioral patterns and importance of how to live and how to walk because if you get attached to the wrong stuff, it will mess you up. Someone say, mess you up. Yeah, that's why they have a cop show called Bad Boys because some people got some stuff that they shouldn't have been messing with. Amen? So anyways, what it talks about here is it talks about three important things. Everyone say, abideth. That's the word I kind of want you to focus on here for a minute. That word means to live or to stay. There are three things in your life that should always stay there. Number one is you need to have faith. You should always have faith. And I I sometimes say it this way to this congregation. Whatever God gives you, don't let the devil take away. God gave us faith. He gave every man the measure of faith. Amen? So don't ever let the devil take any gifts God's given you, all right? So faith is important. You've got to have faith in your life. But then there's another one called hope. And that's why we, I wanted to focus on the hope project this next two weeks. And that's what I'm calling it. But really, I've come to tell you that there's a lot of hopelessness in our world. And I'm seeing it everywhere. You listen to the news, you watch it in media circles, you see people that are just without hope. They're just so tired of everything and they don't feel like there's an option or a way out. And so when someone gets in that situation, they really feel like there's just no reason to go on because they don't see anything beyond what they're struggling with or beyond what they're living with or dealing with. And really, that is a product of a lack of faith because the Bible says, in Hebrews, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
the evidence of things not seen. So if, if I were to compare it for you today, it would be like this. Hope is the car that you drove here in, okay? Hope is your vehicle. It's what carries you to different things in your life, okay? And faith is the gasoline that you put into hope, okay, into your vehicle. If you drive very far, anybody have a friend that likes to drive on empty? You know anybody like that? I mean, they go as far as they possibly can. On e- and then they're like, oh, I know my car. I know my car. I can go another five miles when the light, the, then the light comes on. Anybody know somebody like that? And it's almost like, it's almost like a game. Like they, they feel like they won when they coast into the pump. You know? <laughs> it's like, chug, chug. Oh, we'll make it. We're almost there. And they get to the gas pump just in time. And their car's completely out of gas. They're like, yes, we used up every last drop. I don't know why some people have that kind of victory march. You know, they get out and they dance around their car. We made it to the pump. We made it. But yeah, you you may know that I had a friend that thought he knew his car really well. And he's like, okay, we got this. No problem. Three exits down the freeway. And it's like, good chugga. And we were done. I'm like, you knew your car? I'm going to punch you right now in Jesus' name. I'm going to show you some love. I'm going to lay hands on you. Um, So anyways, he was like, man, it never does this. I always have like at least 10 more miles. And why why do people desire that? I don't know. But the thing about it is, is whenever you're looking at your life and the things that you have to do, everything you do, everything you believe in takes a measure of faith out of your life. You're putting your faith in something. And if it doesn't return, if it doesn't turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out, that faith is is expended from your life. And you have to rebuild that faith. And so what happens is when people are putting faith in all kinds of things that are not stable, they're putting their faith in their job and they get a pink slip when they thought they were doing a good job and all of a sudden they have no job. Or when they put their faith in their vehicle and all of a sudden it's only two years old but the transmission goes out. You know, stuff that lets you down, amen? Have you ever been there where you thought this is going to be okay for, you know, a good time? This car is going to help me and get me through for five years. And all of a sudden, two years in, you need to find a new car. Have you ever been there where you just put your faith in something and it lets you down? You can put your faith in a lot of things. But if you don't understand that you're expending faith every single day, and if you put your faith in all kinds of things that let you down and you can't you can't seem to find anything that's secure, like Jesus Christ is secure, or that your faith in God is secure, if you can't find anything like that, then you have nothing to drive the car of hope. You've spent all of your gasoline, amen? And some people are running around on empty with their hope going, I think I can make it another week. If I can just get to church and they only come maybe once a month, if I can just make it, and then they're like spending just like that person in the car with the, with the fuel light on, they have no hope left because they have no fuel in their faith to fuel hope. You understand what I'm saying? So faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen is the scripture that I located. But you know what the interesting thing is? Jesus said in the last days, and I believe we're living in last days, when the Lord's going to come back for his church. We're seeing it everywhere. I posted on Facebook this week about Netanyahu releasing $42 million just so that he could house and take in all the Jews that are fleeing from Europe because of the oppression of Islamic terrorism, of the Christian Jews. And he said, come home, come home. And and the, the scripture talks about it specifically, that when that 
that happens, we are living in the last days. And so I feel charged with, an F, with, with the responsibility to tell you, if you're not right with the Lord, get right today. Because we're not promised tomorrow. He could come as a thief in this night. Amen. He could come tomorrow. But he's already showing us that the season that we're in is the last days. And so in these last days, I would tell you this, that you are in a frustrating fight for your faith. And you're in a frustrating fight for the things that are very important. And sometimes you just have to live a little while to realize that you can't put your faith in things that are unstable. You have to live a while before you realize that you need to put your hope in things that are secure. And you need to put your faith in things that are secure. And you need to put your love in things that are secure. And really, those aren't things at all, are they? They're really one individual person that can sustain that and that is the God who we serve his assurances are in our hope that we can trust him and we can keep our faith alive through him so what one thing that I wanted to share with you is that in the last days the Bible says that there will be a a lack of affection that love will be feigned and that it's for some reason love will change and I found out that there's a progression in the scripture that I read to you that there's faith there's hope and then there's love and if, if you have no faith, then you can have no hope. And if you have no hope, then you cannot trust anybody to build a relationship where you can love them. And what happens is a lot of people are spending all their life seeking after love, chasing love. If I could just get this relationship, if I could just, you know, and, and sometimes it's even the, the fact that they give their bodies to them and they, they're trying to live out what they think is love, but really they're chasing what's at the end of the chain. They're chasing love when they really should be trying to figure out, can I trust, can I believe in this person? Are they going to be there for me? Are they a good friend? Are they faithful to me? Are they willing to give up? the conveniences that they want so that we can build a relationship? Are they willing to come to the table and and come to a compromise in our friendship so that we can continue to build? And then pretty soon you start to have hope in that relationship, amen? And so then you start to hope and then that's when you get excited about seeing that person, right? You're like, oh man, I hope I get to see them this weekend. I hope I get to, I hope we get to go out on a dinner date. I hope we get, so you start building a relationship from the other direction. You start putting your faith in them and when you put your faith in them they don't let it down now sometimes we're human hello somebody we can make mistakes but but in the big stuff you can trust them in the big stuff and then you start to hope in them and then pretty soon as that hope grows all of a sudden you start feeling like man there's something there there's just really something there and I, and I don't know if I I can put my finger on it but I just don't want to be without that person next to me and I just don't want to live through the weekend without seeing them and and all of a sudden love blossoms out of all of those things. Does that make sense for you? Do you understand what I'm saying? So sometimes we've given ourselves to things that we weren't supposed to give ourselves to because we were chasing after an end result that we really wanted. Everybody wants to be loved. I don't think anybody in this room would go, yeah, I I would like to be hated. (laughs) I would really like that. Really like someone to despise me. (laughs) No, of course we all desire love. It's one of those things that if you just get this little package, this care package that one of my friends, one of the comedians I was listening to, he's talking about, he's, he's like, oh, didn't you hear? Charles quit work. Why? Well, because he got one of those, he was talking about losing his luggage on an airline. And, and he was like, I, I, I lost my luggage. What are you going to do for me? And they reached under the counter and they gave him one of these little essential kits. 
And he's like, oh, essential kit. See, I thought I needed all that stuff that I meticulously packed in my bags that you lost. And he's like, oh, no, essentials kit. It has everything you need in it. It's only this big. And he, and he was like, oh, the essentials kit. And he's like, oh, didn't you hear? Charlie's not coming into work anymore. Why? Oh, he happened upon an essentials kit. He opened it, and there was faith, hope, and love. And he never needs it. He doesn't need anything else. He's just happy all the time. He found an essentials kit. Well, this is the essentials kit that I'm talking about for your spiritual life. This is the thing that you need. That's not even in my notes. I don't know why I said that, but... We'll just pretend that that's a good thing to say. And so, as as I've lived over the years, um, I'm old enough now to know better. Um, so, I'll tell you this: I used to think that the enemy was after my car, and after my house, and after my stuff, because he wanted to frustrate my faith. And and I'm believing God for blessings, and my stuff is breaking down. And you know, I, I thought the enemy was after that stuff. But we have to realize that he's really not after that stuff. He seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. That's right. That's what the enemy decides. He's a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, but he's not after that. Those can be avenues that he chooses to work through. He can frustrate you with a relationship at work that just drives you crazy. That one person that's opposite your personality and they're just they're just driving you bonkers. He can put people like that in your situation. The enemy can do that. The enemy can cause problems and situations through as an avenue to get at more important things. And the more important things are these, faith, hope, and love. He's after your faith because he knows that'll make you hopeless. And he knows that you'll never have the ability to love God the way you should because he's taken your faith out. He starts at the beginning of the chain. And the reason why hope is so important and why I wanted to talk about the hope project was because once faith fully works in you, it is the only thing that allows you to have a conversion in your life. It's the only thing that can really create for you the strength to say God's plan is bigger than my plan. And God, and I trust God enough that I surrender my life to him. And that faith is what's most important. The devil wants to destroy that because he doesn't want anybody believing in a God that can change change your situation. He doesn't want anybody believing that God's God's word in Romans 8:28 that all things work together for good to them that love God is really a true thing that somehow it's going to work out good for you Wilma. Somehow God's going to if you just keep on having faith in God and just put your hope in him and you just keep loving him that somehow God's going to make it all work out because you know what? We're, we're strapped to time. We're, we're hanging on to this clock that we all have. We all are, are, are you know, somewhat slaves to the clock, amen? But Jesus is standing in eternity waiting for us to come to him. He's far beyond. He's the, he's the finisher. He's alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. So he's at the end of our life waiting for us to catch up, and he's like, he sees it all, and he knows that it's all going to work out good for us. But we don't see it. We just see the day-to-day grind, the everyday troubles and problems and and so we have to realize that our faith is so implemented in our life that even the little things we have to have faith to believe God for a lot of us a lot of us don't realize it when we're young we think that life is all about conquering and winning and getting better and doing great things but if you live long enough like I have you realize that some things in your life don't stay that you lose things in life and sometimes life is a lesson of learning how to lose things, not just gain things. And so some people don't stay. Some things don't stay. But the things that the scripture said abide 
our faith, hope, and love. It's like, that's the thing that you need to work for. If you, if you have bought a vehicle and you end up not being able to afford it because the job goes crazy, don't be sad because you lose the vehicle. Be happy because it happened. Be, be happy because you got the privilege of, of enjoying something. But remember that no matter what leaves your life, no matter how well you learn the lesson of losing something, never lose your faith. Never lose hope and never lose love. Never, never give up something and go after something something at the expense of love in your life. Never go after something at the expense of the faith in your life. And never chase down something that you think you need at the expense of hope in your life. Because those are the things that the Bible tells us need to stay in our life. Amen? So I hope that I'm making sense to you. Because it's very powerful what faith does. It just affects everything. Jesus, whenever... Peter was going to deny him. Jesus knew it. He was at the end watching Peter catch up to him. You know, he's like, I picked you, Peter, and I know you're a mess. I I know you're going to make mistakes. You're even going to deny me and curse me. But even with all that, I'm going to let you preach the first gospel message because there's something more important than you making a mistake. It's that your faith doesn't fail. So Jesus said, I'm not going to pray that you don't mess up and make a mistake. My grace will cover that. He said, I'm going to pray that your faith doesn't fail because the enemy desires to sift you like wheat. And he says, when your faith doesn't fail, encourage the brothers. In other words, what he's saying is, when your faith becomes more important to you than your mistakes, you have the hope to keep going. And when hope rises up, There's something about that that changes the way you think and the way that you look at others. I'm not doing this church because I think it's great to have a few people here listening to me. That's not what it's about at all. The gospel must be preached. That's important, yes. But I am doing this because I have so many things that I lost in life. Having a mother that had four marriages and a stepdad that went to jail for sexual abuse and all the mess and alcohol and addiction that was in my life. I'm telling you, you don't need to know that stuff. All you need to know is my mom knew enough, had enough good sense to keep faith pumping into her children and hope pumping into her children and loving them and knowing that God was going to make it good somewhere, some way. Romans 8.28 is going to show up and all things are going to work together for good. He, she didn't say, she didn't stop at all of her mistakes. Yeah, no, she had a horrible decision-making process when she chose men to be with. She she didn't know how to choose a man. She didn't have the first idea how to how to have a good relationship. But she didn't stop at her mistakes. She prayed for faith. And she prayed for hope. And that hope and stuff built in our lives. And so now I've been so long living for the Lord, tripping up at times, getting back up, loving God the best I knew how, that it's built enough faith in me that I have hope that life spring is going to make it. Life is going to get a building. Last is going to have a ministry. There's going to be a longevity. There's going to be a legacy, whether it's someone in my family or someone that moves in. There's going to be another minister that takes it when I'm too old to, to, to do any good. <laughs> when I'm so old, I'm like the stars. They come out at night and everything else that I have comes out at night. <laughs> Teeth are like the stars. They come out at night. 
You know, when I get so old and wrinkly that I can't make much sense out of a sermon, there's going to be a younger man standing in the pulpit at LifeSpring still preaching faith, still preaching hope, and still preaching love because that is what needs to stay. And the reason why I do this is because you need to know that as a pastor, there are times I feel like giving up because you feel like giving up, don't you? Well, let's get honest, right? Is there ever a moment where you feel like giving up on something? But the reason why I can't is because I've had so much faith and hope built into me that now I want faith and hope for others. And that's how it works because you don't just spend time lifting yourself up. After a while, you live for the Lord day in and day out, and then you start wanting to offer hope to somebody else. And that's what this whole project's all about. It's not not just about you because, yeah, I needed something and I gave this week. I needed something personally and, and I needed a financial blessing myself and I still gave. And, and that's not to pat myself on the back, but did you know that last week I worked over 80 hours of work that was not even on my clock? It wasn't, it was nowhere to be found. I, it was just people calling me saying, can you come do this work? Can you come do this work? And I made enough to pay my entire rent in one week whenever I decided that I was going to give out of, the, out of the sacrifice of my heart. This is not something that doesn't work. The, the kingdom of God is backwards, and I promise you this. I don't know why it works, but it does. But when you need, if you give, you will find your need answered. It's, it's backwards. It doesn't make any sense because when someone's, when, when you need faith, if you pray for somebody else, somehow you get faith out of that. Somehow you get a strength and encouragement. So the whole project is all about if you feel like giving up or if you feel like something's not working or, or you, you want to see more, you want to see more people filled with God's spirit or you want to see more people converted. You know what? I do too. But you know what I'm going to do for that? I'm going to reach for somebody else to have hope. I'm going to try for somebody else to have an experience with God. And while I'm reaching for somebody else or I'm teaching a Bible study or I'm saying, you know what? You need to know the experience that I had. And while I'm doing that, all of a sudden faith starts rising rising up in me and hope to, to keep on going rises in me. And I don't feel like giving up anymore. I feel like, you know what? I've got to be here for them. I, I need to preach today because somebody needs to hear hope. I need to preach today because someone needs faith. And that's what's important because you have to understand that, that the enemy wants to steal those things, but he can't always find what it is. That's your source of strength. He, he knows it's God, but he doesn't know where your strength comes. Think about Samson. Remember Samson? Strong man in the Old Testament, what, what, what use would it be for us to ask Samson where your strength comes from if he looks, he, I, I was watching ADD moment, sorry, I was watching that Bible series and they had this big old hulk of a man as Samson, I mean big old guy, he was like big bone, big muscles, big arms, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, he's probably really strong, that, it looks like he's really strong. Well, that's because Hollywood is dumb, okay? And they don't quite get it because the scripture, it would make no sense for people in the scriptures to ask Samson, where does your strength come from if he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger? It would, make, it would be a dumb question, wouldn't it? But what happened was Samson was probably barrel-chested about this big and had little toothpicks of arms. I mean, he literally probably had one stripe on his pajamas, 
You know, he was probably a tiny little guy. But for some reason, dude could pick up whole, you know, whole gates at one time and carry them off into the woods. He could, he could catch uh, 300 foxes, I think it was, and, and tie them together and set their tails on fire and send them through the, the wheat fields. I don't, I don't think that whenever you look at Samson, that there was anything that you could indicate that would indicate that he was that strong because he was that strong when the Holy Spirit came upon him, when God's strength worked through him. And so sometimes the enemy doesn't know why it is you are as strong as you are because as Christians, there are strengths in our life that God uses that we don't even understand sometimes ourself. And, and people around you will be like, how are you strong enough to handle that? How are you getting through this, Lisey? How, how is it possible that you have, where is your strength coming from? And because other people see it and they don't know, the enemy doesn't always know. So he'll attack the car. He'll try to take the house. He'll try to mess up a relationship. So he'll attack what's attached to you to try to get at the source of your strength because you don't look like you should be that strong. You don't look like you should be getting through that class or you don't look like you should be making that kind of paycheck. But for some reason, God's given you an ability and a strength through his anointing upon your life to do something that others just simply could not do if they had the things that you have. Have you ever been there before where someone someone looks at your life and they're like, with all the stuff that you have, how is it possible that you're doing what you're doing? I've had people ask me that. Like, how is it that you're a pastor whenever you've been from such a messed up past? And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't pick me either. But guess what? He did. He called me, and so therefore it's going to work somehow. Somehow it's going to make a difference. And so the, the enemy often attacks the things that you're attached to because he wants to find where your faith and your source is at. So he attacks for all the purposes of destroying your faith and stealing your hope. Amen? So sometimes we get all caught up with guarding. I, I have to go to the chiropractor right now because I got rear-ended, someone ran into the back of my car. And I was looking to this side, and so when the person hit me, I, I, my neck snapped back, and I heard it pop. And I just thought, oh, you know, I got an adjustment. Because <laughs> I'm not the type that's a sue-happy person. I, I don't get involved in litigation at all. In fact, the Bible says that we're not supposed to sue one another in the church. It says, follow peace with all men, as much as lieth in you. But they're not in the church, so I'm going to sue the pants off them. Just kidding. <laughs> Just making sure you're listening. <laughs> um, so I'm going to the chiropractor, and the chiropractor is working with me and doing things and trying to make my neck. I had a, a disc that moved off to the left. It's called your C1 disc. I didn't know C1 could be such a problem, but I guess it is. So in popping the bone back into place the muscles have to relearn how to hold the bone in the right place and the chiropractor said you're so guarded like you're you're like i wouldn't let them move my neck you know i wouldn't i i was i couldn't relax in the hands of the chiropractor so that they could do the adjustments because it's like they're turning my head over here and then all of a sudden it's like look up <laughs> I feel like they're breaking my neck, you know? It's like, I, I can't trust somebody that does that to my neck, you know? So I'm I'm so guarded. And and the chiropractor's like, if you don't relax in my hands to where I can do these adjustments, I cannot heal you. I can't get you back to being whole. And the problem with 
the attacks of the enemy is when he starts attacking all of your stuff, you can begin to guard your stuff and take your guard off the most important things like faith, hope, and love. And so you're literally fighting in the wrong area. And so what I was what I'm doing is I'm laying in that chiropractor's chair and I'm and I'm fighting in the wrong areas. I I'm not letting healing come because I'm guarding an area that I feel is damaged. And it is it is, but what I've done is I've not allowed healing to come. And so we can often get so distracted by the enemy's attacks that we guard areas where we're not supposed to. And really the scripture tells us that faith, hope, and love is where we're supposed to guard. So faith has a funny way of showing up in weird places, doesn't it? What we call faith in the scriptures is often what the scripture calls an anchor. Faith can show up in a grandma on the back seat of a church that nobody ever sees, never gets to talk. Some people think there's more value in a person that talks in a microphone to the congregation than the people that are in the very back. But sometimes the prayer warriors are sitting in the very back and it's a little grandma who's lived our life praying every day. And she is the power of the church. She literally brings an authority when she comes because she's an interceder. She knows how to pray. And she brings faith to the house of God. And there could be sometimes faith show up in kids. Have you ever seen kids? Kids are so resilient. They can go through all kinds of stuff and they'll be like, yeah, we've, we've been through some stuff, but we're going to be all right. Kids are great like that. They'll bounce back. Anybody ever been a bounce back person? When you were a kid, you were like, ah, it's all right. We'll get through this. You know what I'm talking about, right? Where you're like, mom, it's all right. Uh, we're going to make it. You know, dad, it's okay. We're going to make it. Um, you have to be like that because for some reason kids have the ability to bring that. And so hope is hope is important because it's an anchor. Now, I wanted to show you this scripture, Hebrews 6, 19, at the beginning, but I got to talking and I got so excited about talking about hope that I got off a little bit. But would you pull up Hebrews 6, 19 for me? I want to share this with you. This is not This is not something that I don't understand. If I share words with you, that will not bring you hope. If Jesus Christ died for us where we're supposed to put our hope in the fact that he resurrected, that will not bring you hope if you never hear about it. If you never hear the news that Jesus saves your life and saves you, you will never have hope. So you can't just take words. You know, Barack Obama wrote his book when he was a senator, The Audacity of Hope. And yeah, I've read it, <laughs> portions of it. But the thing about it is, I follow people that may not be a good source so that I understand where they're coming from because he's now our president, amen? And I don't talk about politics from the pulpit, but I want you to know that you can't just run over the United States with an executive action, okay? So wherever he's at in his thinking, I wanted to find out how did he get there because at one point he had hope that bureaucracy and democracy works but now he's just running over everything with a pen. I can do it if I want to. I'll just sign right here, executive order. And that's not how our country was built. 
Our country was built on hope and faith and belief that there's something better, that in the heart of man is good, and that people will somewhere come out and help whenever their neighbor needs something. And, and somewhere there's humanity still down inside of us where it anchors our nation to something that is important, and hope is that very important thing. So, of course, he runs on hope, but I, I started looking at it, and hope is not something that is just as the four-letter words going to change your life. It has to be anchored in something. So this is what the scripture says, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil. Go to the next verse. I probably should just read it from a different translation, but whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest, forever after the order of Melchizedek. In other words, it's saying that our hope is in Jesus who entered in the veil and made sacrifice for us so that our sins would forever be forgiven, amen? And that he got beyond the point where we could go, where we used to be blocked out by the veil. We couldn't go into the Holy of Holies, but because he went first, we can go now. Because he walked in, we're invited, amen? Because the, the Savior of the world came and split time in half, A.D., B.C., that we now have the opportunity to separate ourselves from our sin, from our past, and walk a new life. Before Christ, yeah, it was bad. But now, B.C., now A.D., after death, after he's died, and after we've accepted that, and after we've been filled with the Holy Ghost, and we've been baptized in the name of Jesus and washed that all away, that's all behind the cross, and I'm thankful for it. And now my hope is anchored in the cross, knowing that Jesus, Jesus did the work, amen? And so it holds us. And so what I did was I brought this as a rope because I, and I'm almost done, I promise. Um, what I did was I brought this as a hope because you have to understand that even though we have faith, hope is the anchor. And so if you've ever been in a place where you got discouraged or you got depressed, the only thing that can keep you from getting too depressed is hope. That's what keeps you. So like hope is like... The Bible actually talks about it in First Peter. It says that we should gird up our loin, the loins of our mind and be sober and hope in God. And so it actually talks about it. Like whenever you begin to get discouraged, hope will only let you go so far into discouragement and then it will stop you. It's like, no, you're not going to get depressed. You're not going to lay in bed all day. It's just not going to happen. And whenever you lose out a relationship or a loss, whenever you get to the point where you're like, I'll never be loved again. I'll never find somebody. It, it only lets you go. Hope only lets you go so far. It's an anchor, the Bible says, to the soul. So it's an anchor to your mind. And whenever you understand that, you know that the devil's after that. He doesn't want you to be shored up by anything. He doesn't want you to be so secure that you can literally, the old sailor put was had an apprentice and he, he had a storm come up and he battened down all the hatches and, he, and he, he set the whole boat for the night because he knew they weren't going anywhere because of this big storm. And the, the young apprentice was watching this, this old salt, this sailor, and he dropped anchor, this huge anchor and he just dropped it and he went down to the bottom of the ocean and it hooked on to a big rock and he was like sitting there going what 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 are we doing he's like well it's time to go to bed he's like what do you mean go to bed he's like there's a huge storm about to hit us and you want us to just drop anchor tie everything down and go in the bottom of the boat and go to bed he's like yeah that's all we that's all we can do that's what we're that's what we should do he's like what do you mean won't we be destroyed he said no the boat will make it through the storm he goes because we have an anchor 
See, the, the motion of the ocean tends to keep you moving, amen? And life is like that. There's a, there's a constant motion in life. But if you have an anchor called hope, you can anchor down in the roughest of storms and you can survive it and you can rest that tomorrow the boat's still gonna be there. You're gonna survive it and you can sleep through the worst storms because you know that your hope is anchored in Christ Jesus, amen? So, you, so that leash holds you no matter how bad it gets. You can't be overcome by your circumstance is you can't be overcome by the storms of life because hope is holding on to you. It won't let you go. It won't let you slip and be lost in, in the storm. Amen? So hope is very important. I don't know if I'm, under, if I'm making good sense, but even if you know about Jesus, our Savior, you can still lose hope. It's possible because Proverbs thirteen twelve says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. You can have emotions that are damaged. Because what you were hoping in doesn't come soon enough. So you have to understand that you have to build a foundation of hope. When we hope, when our hope gets delayed, we can be overcome by a deep sense of despair. But if we have that anchor that's holding us, you can only get so, it it can only become so disparaging. Because you're like, you know what? Abraham believed God for 25 years for the promises. You know what? Job lost everything. And he got the promises of God given back to his life. Job walking through the woods, saw a tree cut down, saw, a, saw something growing out of the stump and said, it doesn't matter that all of that life was cut off. As long as there's water, as long as there's nourishment, that tree can grow again. And he said, I'll wait all my days till the day when I'm changed. Amen. So he still had hope even when he lost everything. So we must have practical hope. Let me finish with this. How... How do we keep our hope? How do we carry through the storms of life? How do we anchor and be sure that our hope is sure? Number one, we submit yourselves to God. We submit ourselves to God. God is the source of our hope. Come as we come to Him in human in our humanity. We must realize we must be human. We must realize that we're not going to get it all we're always right. We must have humility, and He will restore us. Amen. And then number two. We must strengthen our faith. We must strengthen our faith. We must allow God's previous fulfilled promises in our life to renew our hope. He's done it for you before. He's provided for you before. He'll provide again. Amen. And then that's that's the renewal process is just to remember what God has done. And then number three, trusting God's timing. Sometimes God's answer is not when we wanted it. Amen. So, God's answers, our prayers, to our prayers are fulfilled. And of course, we hope he fulfills them quickly, but he doesn't always do that. But his timing is divine, amen? And there's a reason why he waits. Hello, somebody. So remember that, that it's through faith and patience that even Abraham fulfilled, had the promises fulfilled. So, and then number four, thank God today. We have to thank God for what he's done for us through its rejoicing and through its thanksgiving and what God's already done, we can fulfill a promise just by believing because he's done it before, he'll do it again, and I'm thankful. So this kind of hope that purifies even the most difficult moments and makes them worth pushing through is, in fact, thanksgiving. Don't despair. 
Don't despair. God's going to make it work out for your good. Amen? I wish you'd stand with me. I want to pray with you. God, forgive me for not seeing you as you truly are. Please use your word today to encourage me and somebody else that if we hide your word in our heart, you'll keep us from sin against you. That you'll allow us to choose you because it's so dangerous not to finish. Lord God, it's so dangerous not to have completion in some areas of our life. And if we spend our time moving from one lost faith to another, Jesus, it destroys our hope. So let your Holy Spirit direct us in this moment and direct us in every moment in the future of our life. As long as our days are upon this earth, would you give us the abilities to wait in hope? Would you give us the ability to wait on you, Jesus? And through you, Lord, would you allow there to be a word of hope that goes forward in this place? I don't know where some of us have been. I don't know how far down some of us have gone. Maybe some of us were so far down we couldn't think we could go any further. But somebody spoke a word of hope and all of a sudden the rope tightened and we found that there's still an opportunity for us to grow. Our hope source is in you, Jesus. Because you got up out of the tomb and we have to give account for the hope that lies in us. We know that. But God, we're thankful for you moving in our midst for touching somebody here today, for forever changing the landscape of their life to the point that they say, had it not been for the Lord, where would I be? Had it not been for the things that he's done for me, had it not been for the promises I see fulfilled in his word, I would have given up. But because I believe, I can have hope. And because I have hope, all about love folks I got up and put a put this suit on today and came here because I love souls and whenever I get discouraged I just start thinking about the fact that there's hope in me there's faith built in me so I can keep loving people I can keep loving what we do right or wrong I know this his love never fails so I'm praying that God's love touches you and that today we start something that scares the enemy half to death because hope will hold on to you amen it won't let you go it's the rope that hangs on to you and so people will not be lost loved ones will not walk away let's pray for somebody if you find a place to pray that's fine if you want to sit and pray if you need to go, I understand. Don't leave without me saying goodbye. I just want to say goodbye to you today. I want to greet you at the back door. But maybe you've been guarded in some area thinking, no, I'm okay. I'm good. God, I don't need you to help me in that area. But really, there's been some loss there. and There's been some damage. And if you just open up your guard and let God in, he's not going to hurt you. He's not going to wrong you. He can be trusted. So I'm asking right now that somebody find a place. Would you kneel? Would you seek God? Would you pray a moment to Him? I want to pray with some of you. I'm going to walk and pray. 
do. I want to pray hope over your life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let hope fill this room. Let hope fill a heart. He's not letting go of you. He's not letting go of your prayers, the things you prayed for. He's not letting go of the people that are in your life. Even when someone pulls back because they can't handle the damage of hurt love and hurt loss, God's not going to let them go. Amen, amen, amen. I'm praying right now. Jesus, to come to my Sure.